Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 6 of UAB Green and Told, where we have conversations with members of the UAB family. I'm Greg Berry, Assistant Director in the UAB Office of Alumni Affairs. Today, we welcome retired Army Major General Lee Price to the podcast. As she'll share, General Price made a career out of the military. While it's a lifelong calling for some, others, like her, stumble into the career unknowingly. You know, I thought I had found what I wanted to do in life, and to have that taken away as a 21-year-old kid, I had to really think about it, uh, what I was going to do. But she figured it out, and this blazer would become a trailblazer for other females in the Army. And then when you have those opportunities where you can benefit other women coming behind you, um, candidly, I, I, I told people it's, it's not as easy as it looks. Along the way, she'll explain how her military career played out and how much responsibility she would have. Or as my brother said, is that, I'm sorry, but it's just really gotten to where your responsibilities just scare the hell out of me. <laughs> and I said, well, I hate to tell you, but they scare the hell out of me too. Before a military career that spanned nearly four decades and blazing the way for women in the Army, Lee Price grew up in Homewood, Alabama. A graduate of Shades Valley High School, she never really had a plan for her next chapter after high school. However, she ultimately would wind up at UAB knowing a little of what she did and didn't want to do. Unfortunately for, and I'm only speaking about my, for myself, but yeah. just historically speaking, is that most women went to school to get their MRS degree. And, uh, and maybe in between getting that, they were either a nurse or an educator. And I did not have my eyes set on any of that. So coming to UAB, I did not know what I wanted to do. And I never had to study in high school. I typically did tend to get things the first thing time through. And so if the teacher was hitting it the third time, my, my mind's on something else by then. And um, so when I came to UAB the first two years, I really had to learn to study because I could tell that was above the level that I knew. When I was here in school, I took some psychology, I started in that, and then I decided I didn't like psychology. I started in sociology and I took a criminal justice class. Mm -hmm. But in the sociology class, there were two Georges that really made a difference in my life. And one of them is, uh, was a sociology professor and his name's George Reinhardt. He was a Lehigh graduate. And he was maybe 10, 15 years older than I was, but and he was just a, you know, a really hip, cool teacher when he would come in, but he, he taught statistics and math was my thing. You know, girls were not um, really told to be smart in math. So, yeah. you know, I really did not emphasize that part of uh, going through high school, anything but math. And he grabbed me one day and he told me that he was gonna work me really hard. And I was not gonna get any credit for it, but I was gonna, going to appreciate it in the end. And, you know, I guess at that time I was 19, 20 years old, and I thought, what? Yeah. <laughs> so he did, and he taught me to problem solve because we did all kinds of statistics, how to play craps. Now, that's fun as a kid to learn how to play craps and, you know, what's the uh, probability of if you have three letters on a tag and three numbers, you know, how many permutations do you have of numbers that you can give out? And then he really... Um, 
help me order my mind just in terms of being able to solve problems and not just math problems but real problems and I tell you one of the greatest delights for me was after I made two-star general I started thinking well you know we have this internet now so I'm just gonna find this guy and he was, uh, was working as a consultant for the National Security Agency. No kidding. In Maryland. And I'm stationed in Maryland. And so I reached out, you know, and reminded him who I was, because I'd been down to see him uh, quite a few times when I would come home, but just to let him know that he made a difference in my life. And the other one was uh, the head of the uh, criminal justice program, and his name was George Falcons. His was pretty much the same way, but we did a lot of pre-law, so you had to do uh, case reviews the same way that law okay. students do case reviews. Well, that's pretty close to how we start with basic problem solving in the military. And, you know, what are the criteria? And the criteria in this case for pre-law is law. Yeah. But for us, we have other criteria, but everything else that you line up, you know, why are you doing what you're doing was still what he worked on. So I valued both of those greatly. Now, years after graduating from UAB, Lee has a chance to look back at her college days and is in awe of the faculty she was able to enjoy. I never really thought about it too much when I went through school, you know, as an undergraduate. But when I started my first graduate degree, I went to the University of Arizona, learning how the depth of the quality of the professors that we had at UAB. I, not to take anything away from the uh, University of Arizona, but I audited and sat into some of the undergraduate classes. But at the undergraduate level, I sat there and I looked and I thought, wow, I had a fabulous undergraduate degree. You know, that the professors were all wonderful compared to what I was experiencing with those classes. Yeah. And since I was 12 years removed, the classes should have made more sense to me. I don't have anything but just accolades for the for all of the professors I had uh, at UAB. When you were at UAB, uh, you came in undeclared. You didn't know what you were going to do for a no. living. When you grew up, you weren't <laughs> sure. Ultimately, you decide, I want to be a cop. Yep. Talk a little bit about that and, and what happened there because you didn't go that route. Oh, yeah. So, um, and that was a heartbreak, uh, really. But I... So I didn't want to be a nurse, but I always liked helping people. Yeah. Um, but being a nurse just wasn't going to be it. I'm not, uh, that's a little bit too contained for me in terms of, you know, working in a hospital or doing other things. I've always been athletic. And when I took the criminal justice classes, we had cops because the focus was for them in terms of professionalizing their own force was for them to have college degrees. And we had um, people that weren't that much older than I was that were working undercover, you know, so they looked pretty much like I I looked, you know, as yeah. a student. And then you had FBI was there. They were working on classes, which I didn't even know you could be an FBI agent without a college degree, but we did have FBI agents okay. that were there. And uh, it really gave me a sense and a purpose to think that, you know, this is really something I could do because I'm very physical. I've always been physical that uh, I'm the only one in my family. I, I think my mother just politely told me one day I had way too much energy. So, you know, she just let me burn off all that energy playing every sport that they had. But at any rate, when I graduated, I uh, took the police officer exam and I really knocked it out of the ballpark. And I got invited back to do the psychological testing, which is a hoot if you ever had a chance to take it. But um, anyway, I did so well on that that they were 
the hardest thing for me at that point was they had a single standard on height weight. So I was just barely tall enough, and I really had to, as one guy said, eat a whole lot of bananas before you come in. So I I am not so crazy about bananas to this day, but I made the weight right on it. And I'm not sure, maybe one of their foot, maybe somebody put a foot on the weight scale for me. But (laughs) uh, but anyway, I, I made that weight. Then it came down to meeting with a police chief, and they decided, I hadn't even gone through a physical, I think it was self-declared, but um, that my vision was too poor for the police force. I couldn't see things far away, but far away from me started at the end of my nose. Got (laughs) it. um, But I was wearing contact lenses. And um, anyway, it was a, um, you know, I thought I had found what I wanted to do in life. And to have that taken away as a 21-year-old kid, I had to really think about it, uh, what I was going to do. The door of becoming a police officer slammed abruptly in Price's face. However, little did she know, another would soon open. But when I was turned down to be a police officer, I thought, well, that would just be a great experience to go into the Army and um, learn more about the other countries. The other gift that I had, and I had no idea I, I work a lot with people on planning now because I so had no plan is that um, I took computer programming when okay. I was at UAB and I started doing that in 1974 and I actually did some of it as a postgrad uh, with them so as I tell people I speak all the ancient languages and we're not talking Greek and Latin we're talking COBOL, Fortran, BASIC, <laughs> all of those and um, when I went into the Army, they just happened to make me Signal Corps, so all the communications, microwave mm-hmm. uh, towers and satellites, and there were just not people that looked like me. I knew computers, yeah. and I had been able to write computers, so it was just, a, you know, I, I tell everybody, you can't plan to fall into luck. You know, yeah. you do have to make your own luck, and I, I did the coding just because I thought it was a blast. Sort of a, a background of the math that I enjoyed, and a little bit foreign language. Those are all sort of in that same, you know, right side of your brain. Tying it to, all together, yeah. yeah. To come in, so um, for me it all worked out. I, I used to smile when I'd see A.C. Roper, who was the Birmingham police chief, mm-hmm. and he's a UAB graduate, and I'd tell him how, you know, you wouldn't even take me to be a cop, but, you know, I just want you to know, it all worked out for me. <laughs> so at that point, did you think, I'm going to do this for a living. I'm going to be a career military. No, I went in for three years. <laughs> <laughs> and you came out much later. So what what caused you to, to stay, and what um, propelled you to continue to climb the ranks? When I went in, I decided it would just be for three years. I thought, I'll go in and I'll learn a career and, you know, maybe um, I'll be able to to use that at AT AT&T. I really wasn't thinking computers at that time. No one was thinking computers back then. But um, I was working for the state of Alabama, and they put me on leave of absence. And at the 10-year mark, I got a call, and they said, you know, we really would like to hire behind your position. You kind of need to make you know, make up your mind if you're going to do this military thing for a career. And I have to say, I was really insulted, you know, because I thought, wow, why are they being so pushy? You know, it's only been a few years. And they said, well, no, it's been 10. So it kind of looks like you're going to. And then, you know, when you hear 10, it's like, wow, I'm halfway to retirement now. So I um, put in my resignation with the state of Alabama so that they could hire behind me. And um, uh, that ended up being a, a great move. My career was never about me. I told somebody one day, and they looked at me like I was crazy. I said, I can tell you without a doubt, and may a lightning bolt come in the window and strike us. Just me. 
um, <laughs> is that I never once made a decision because it would help me. I made a decision because I thought it was the best thing for the unit that I was in, or the best thing for the Army. It was never about me. And, you know, so my teamwork always had to be really a critical part of being, if you're the only girl sitting on the bench, how do you get picked? You know, because you're sitting there with the men, right? So yeah. you have you have them and me, you know. So, but when I did start getting picked, I think a lot of times they gave me some really hard, terrible jobs just to see, well, nobody can do that. And if we lose her on the way out, because it's up or out, you know, you have to make all your promotions or you're gone, is that nobody would even notice, right? Yes. Just another white guy would stand in. As her military career started to blossom, Price would face a variety of obstacles. After a short message from the UAB National Alumni Society, hear how being a woman in the military in the 70s was far from your stereotypical soldier. Just a friendly howdy y'all to our alumni in Dallas and Houston. The UAB National Alumni Society is bringing UAB to you for a visit this December. Join us at El Phoenix in downtown Dallas on Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019 and hear Dr. Christy Lamack speak on the future of healthcare leadership. Dr. Lamack is Chair of UAB's Department of Health Services Administration. Then on Wednesday, December 4th, 2019, Dr. Patrick Murphy will present Building an Entrepreneurial Ecosystem at Seasons 52 at Houston City Center. Both regional events will feature networking and hors d'oeuvres. RSVP for Dallas at alumni.uab.edu slash Dallas and Houston at alumni.uab.edu slash Houston. Be sure to let us know you're coming before it's time to put the chairs on the wagon. Welcome back. After having her dream of becoming a Birmingham cop shattered, Lee Price's life changed course. Now in the military, Price didn't exactly measure up to her male counterparts, literally. Oh yes, I have pictures where um, uh, that I show people, and it wasn't that they were six feet; they were like six four. They were just, you know, freaks of yeah. nature. <laughs> As I would always tell people, is that one of us is actually a standard sized soldier. <laughs> Me, not mm -hmm. them. But you're right, when people see a soldier, they're not thinking of me. And in fairness, you, when you're young, you also don't have a resume that follows you. Some men do because they come out as a West Point, and a lot of them are legacy West Point graduates, so it's in the family. And, uh, you know, the way that people would naturally look at folks is that, oh, yeah, if I can get a West Point officer, I'm going to take them, then I'm going to take an ROTC, then I'm going to take the officer candidate school, which was me. Okay. You know, and being a woman, bam, bam, how far down to the bottom can you fall? But after I, you know, after I really learned that I was just as good as any guy, I think that's when the competition really came out is to say that um, I'm not, I'm not going to uh, take it easy on these guys anymore. And they, uh, and just in terms of peer relationships and stuff, I know everybody uh, talks about, you know, it must have been awful being a woman back then. I, I'm not ever going to say that it was awful. I certainly had my share of unwanted advances, touches, comments, but it was just different. Yeah. And I think it would have been different sitting in a, an office environment as well. In the Army, um, you were kind of a, a 
trailblazer yep. of sorts. Um, and it kind of ties UAV blazers with that. <laughs> um, you were the first female in the Army Acquisition Corps nominated to the rank of Brigadier General. Yeah. Um, you were also the first female program executive officer, and you attained that in 2009. So, I mean, you were blazing trails for women behind you. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I already mentioned that uh, there becomes a point when you realize it's not about yourself. And, um, you know, even though I, I, I never made, I tried to always make decisions that would benefit the unit, and then when you have those opportunities where you could benefit other women coming behind you, um, candidly, I, I, I told people it's, it's not as easy as it looks, you know, to an outsider, uh, because everybody gets so excited in the moment of being first. And um, the pressure that you have on you is that if you mess it up, it's just not you. Mm-hmm. You're messing it up for other women that might want to do that behind you. But I, I embraced that role and I took it seriously and I was willing to put in the number of hours that I needed to do to do it well. Because uh, my dad always taught us is that if a job worth doing is worth doing correctly. I never wanted to be the person that say, gee, if I'd only put in a little bit more time or I, I could have done that better. Um, but the but it is really special. In 2011, Price would be nominated to become a major general in the U.S. Army by President Barack Obama. Not bad for a girl from Homewood, Alabama, who wasn't even sure if she'd spend a career in the military. You know, when you make the first one, it's really, really special. And um, one thing that I learned when I was waiting to be promoted, we all have to go to training, and I, um, and then they tell you, it, you know, I'm sure that the West Point legacy uh, folks that they all knew, but the number of general officers is actually in law. And in order to get promoted to general officer, one has to retire. And the number for when I was um, became a one-star was 287, and I think it's down to 247 now. But um, and 50, about 50% of you move from one-star to two-star. So okay. when I retired, there were maybe 70 people out of 570,000 that outranked me, which is like really puts me over the top. Or as my brother said, is that, I'm sorry, but he's just really gotten to where your responsibilities just scare the hell out of me. <laughs> and I said, well, I hate to tell you, but they scare the hell out of me too, you know, but I have a great staff that does that. But when I made the second one, it was, um, I actually, there's an office and it's, we call it GOMO. So it's the General Officer Management Office okay. and they manage all of us. And some people are always just bugging them about, you know, well, I'm going to get my next assignment. Well, for Acquisition Corps, when I was a program executive officer, so I'm just going to use PEO now, is there's 11 of us. And really, it's like in those 11 jobs were what I was qualified to do. Two of them are IT. And, but a general officer, people don't think about this, really does mean general as in nonspecific. So, you know, you could go run... Um, the Sexual Harassment Prevention Office. Um, we have our own style of uh, the, the commissary or the PX. You know, there's a general officer that does those things. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't have to do those. <laughs> but, but anyway, I had never been in there. And one day I was in the Pentagon and I thought, well, I'm just going to, you know, sashay on in there and have a chat with them. And I went in and I'm having a nice chat with the colonel that runs the thing because he has all the inside knowledge, you know, and there was one other job well, two other jobs in the Pentagon that I could be going to. And and uh, 
I said, well, listen, um, I know I haven't been by to see you or anything, but I was really thinking I'm just going to go ahead and put in my retirement paperwork. And all of a sudden, his entire demeanor changed. And he said, we looked at his watch, and he said, I'm, I'm so sorry, you know, but I really forgot. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty busy. Could you come back and see me in a week? And the next day, the two-star list came out, and my name was on it. Wow. So he couldn't tell me my name was on it, but he knew it was. And it was like, you know, no, you can't retire now because your, your name's on the two-star list. And being a general officer is totally at will. So they can they can fire you tomorrow, and you can be gone, or they can make you stay. So I willingly stayed because I knew how special that would be uh, to make two stars. What's the single biggest thing you learned at UAB that you put forward while you were rising through the ranks? Yeah, so what a great opportunity for a for again for a kid that didn't have a plan to end up taking psychology, sociology. These are things that help you with experiences and just life experiences mm -hmm. and, you know, diversity and not just uh, diversity here in the States. And when I use the word diversity, I'm not talking about just that, you know, male, female, um, you know, ethnic background. I'm talking intelligence, religion, any way that you can find differences that separate us and how we bring that together. Sociology really helps you understand a different optic. And you take that globally as to how people uh, react to you. So those two and the, uh, the psychology part of it for sure was great. Already talked about the IT, just had to be wonderful to have that background. But from the, the criminal justice that I took was really pre-law. So just like I talked about outlining the cases and stuff, but you know, in military, we have the Uniform Code of Military Justice. And as a company commander, you are the king or queen of your own command. You own those people. I had 270 folks. Is that um, understanding the different components about um, implementing and using those authorities because you're judge, jury, mm -hmm. you, know, you, you own it all when you go for it that am I going to permanently disqualify this guy from future service because they won't get their promotion, no promotion, you're out. Um, or is this somebody I'm going to give a wrist tap to? Having been around the world and seen campuses in just about every imaginable place, General Price is proud of how far UAB has come. I think UAB has got the most beautiful urban campus that I've ever experienced. It was certainly not that way when I first came. It was all about Ullman Bell and having to take the Yellowbird, is that right, bus over. And, you know, they, they never came when you needed them. It seemed like there was a lot of rain whenever you needed to get on them. Um, but the experience now coming back, I think that you attach the growth of UAB, the professionalism at UAB, the professors that I talked about UAB, is that it has built on its excellence. And UAB is known for its excellence. I always had a solid medical school when I was here, but look mm -hmm. at where it is now and also the research. So for me, I take great pride in saying that my undergraduate degree is from UAB. Major General Lee Price graduated from UAB in 1975 with a Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice and Sociology. From a little girl growing up in the shadows of Birmingham to a two-star general who broke barriers in the U.S. Army, Price has come a long way. But circling back to UAB, just what does it mean to be a blazer? The diversity that we have 
from the mix of students that are here that and also internationally that people want to come to UAB. If you want to learn more about General Price or hear more UAB Green and Told episodes, check out our podcast page at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review of today's show. You can reach me at greenandtold at uab.edu. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at UAB Alumni and Instagram at UAB underscore alumni. Just mention us with hashtag greenandtold. Thanks for listening, and until next time, Go Blazers!